Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. The Colts hosting the Patriots is fascinating to me. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. So call him. You need a great dentist. 317-849-2933. I'm only ashamed that I didn't learn that until 28 years ago. I haven't gone to another dentist since. Again, 317 849 2933. Want to mention the great book, Oops, The Art of Learning from uh, Mistakes and Adventures. I lived it. I wrote it. You can order it at Amazon.com and at Audible.com if you want the audio version, if you like audiobooks. Eight hours of listening to me tell idiotic stories about myself. What could be more entertaining? Order it today. A great Christmas present, great stocking stuffer. Let's talk about sports, Patriots, and the Colts. This coming Saturday night is just wonderful. If you like schematics, trying to outguess Bill Belichick and what he's going to do against his Colts offense is just great fun. The Colts, an offensive line that grates roads, right? Road graders up front. Ryan Kelly coming back from the COVID list. The Patriots, they do what they need to do to stop opposing offenses And they do it at a really, really high level. Let's talk about the matchups a little bit in terms of of how that defense for the Patriots ranks in the NFL and how the offense for the Colts ranks in the NFL. The Colts, number one in yards per carry, in large part because of that offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. Number one, 5.1 yards per carry. They are number two in yards per game, rushing 151.7. They're number three in scoring at 28.5. That's the most important. You don't win games because of yards. You win games because of points. This is going to become important in a moment. Uh, They are also number four, the Colts are, in points per drive at 2.54 offensively. The Patriots, on the other hand, number one in points allowed. 15.4 points per game. They have yielded only 7.2 points per game the last seven games. 
they are yielding 1.38 uh, er, points per drive. Really, really important stuff. The, the Patriots' run defense, though, 19th in the NFL, both in terms of yards per game and yards per carry. So they can be had from a running perspective. However, what they do really, really well is they keep opponents from scoring points. And on the other hand, they do a great job of scoring points themselves. They score on 48.2% of their drives. That is number one in the NFL. They are really, really good at doing the things that win games. And that's keeping teams from scoring points and then scoring points themselves. They use drives very, very productively, and they cause opponents not to do that. We're going to know really soon, really quickly, once that game starts, whether the Colts are, are going to be able to move and matriculate the ball down the field or whether they're going to have a tough time scoring points. It's going to be a fascinating game. This is kind of when the immovable object you know, kind of comes in contact with that that uh, other immovable object, you know, the Patriots defense, the Colts offense. These are two of the strongest units in the NFL clashing together. You've got Belichick, very, very imaginative on the defensive end, and you've got Frank Reich, very, very imaginative on the offensive end. So the other matchup that is not nearly as fascinating but is going to have at least as much to do with uh, the result of the game, is Matt Eberflus's defense against Josh McDaniels' offense. Josh McDaniels, another guy, very, very creative. Matt Eberflus has been more creative lately, but still runs a very, very simple scheme. But what he does is coach guys up into not missing tackles. You, You run to the football, and you make contact with the ball carrier. You do this over and over and over and over again, and you don't miss tackles. When you watch another NFL game, for those of you who watch the Colts and watch out-of-market games, you, you, you're aghast at the out-of-market games and how they miss tackles. It's unbelievable because the Colts do it so well. And as we watch Matt Eberflus's defense, we're like, wow, wrapped him up, wrapped him up, wrapped him up. And because they wrap him up, They get teams off the field, and they cause turnovers. Colts, number one in turnover differential at plus 13. Patriots right behind them at plus 10. That's going to have a lot to do with this game. Mac Jones has become much, much better at protecting the football. Eight interceptions this year, but only one interception over the last four games. Carson Wentz, only five interceptions this year. He's been really good at protecting the football, but what... What happens with Wentz is when he needs to force it, when the Colts are behind and he needs to find a way to try to win that game himself, all of a sudden he goes from being a real uh, elite-level kind of game manager into a really mediocre gunslinger. You don't want gunslinger Carson Wentz playing for the Colts this weekend. You can live with him playing against a bad team. You cannot win with him playing against a team like the New England Patriots, who are, playing, who are playing as well as anybody in the NFL. And right now, the New England Patriots, number one seed in the AFC. Colts, number six seed in the AFC. Like I said, going to be fascinating. The COVID list, 
I mentioned Ryan Kelly's going to come off it today, according to Frank Reich's media availability yesterday. Zaire Franklin's going on it. He's been vaccinated, so there's a chance he could come off by the time the game's played on Saturday. But the game being played Saturday kind of means that things have to happen in pretty short order for him to get back on the field for Saturday. Very, very important guy from a special teams perspective. And and then uh, the defense, you're going to have a, a slight downgrade from Zaire Franklin to EJ Speed, but not much of one at that other linebacker spot, that non-Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke uh, linebacker spot. Pacers last night. My God Almighty, could the Pacers win a game that they should win? What is this team doing? Are they trying to disenfranchise themselves from fans in Indianapolis to the extent that fans in Indianapolis care about the Pacers, which is not very much recently. The Pacers aren't doing much to engage love between that fan base and themselves. Last night against the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry, they got a five-point lead with 133 left. Sabonis hits a layup from Brogdon. And then what happened? 195 at that point. Then Curry hits a three. Then Curry hits a shot. Then Looney hits a shot. And I think. And then all of a sudden, you lose 102-100 because in the last three possessions, Turner misses a a 26-footer. Brogdon misses a 13-footer. And Levert turns it over. There are your last three possessions except for that that line, they, they, I think Brissett got a steal with like under a second left. So that's just kind of the way it goes. And look, here's some advice for Miles Turner. If you're going to bitch and moan about being a glorified role player, shoot better than one for 10 and 0 for 6 from beyond the arc. All right? If you're going to say, uh, you know, and I deserve to be the guy. I deserve to have this offense centered around me. I'm pretty damn good. Well, then be pretty damn good. Yeah, I was looking for irresistible force, meaning immovable object. The immovable object against the immovable object, this is a saying that just simply doesn't exist. That's quite correct, Brian. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but Miles, what are you doing? If you're going to bitch about your use, you have to show that you should be used at a higher level through your play, not your words. Miles Turner talking his way and playing his way into a trade and out of town. He's been a pacer since 2015. He's he's the longest standing pacer. Been with it this is seventh year. There has there's and maybe I'm wrong, maybe maybe you love him. But there seems to be no real love, no bond that's formed between Miles Turner and, and the city of Indianapolis. And, and that's a shame because the city of Indianapolis is ready to love Pacers. And all Pacers kind of need to do is be there and, and behave as though they enjoy being here. That's it. That's all you got to do. I know it's Indianapolis, and if you come from another city and you come to Indianapolis, I remember when my wife, Julie, wanted to move here. We had friends who hosted us and said, you ought to move here from Chicago. And I was like, move to Indianapolis? What are we, out of our minds? And then I thought, wait a minute. Why wouldn't we? What, what is it that, that is so repellent about this place? It's lovely. It's a wonderful place to be in. In his seventh year here, 
Miles Turner should know that, and he should embrace that, and fans should be in a position to embrace Miles Turner, and they are not. And that's a problem. For Miles Turner, it's a problem for the Pacers. The Pacers are not sticky here. And I wish they were. They have been, so we know it can happen. But for whatever reason, there's just nothing that like draws us to that franchise. There's nothing fascinating about it. There's nothing, like I said, sticky about it that makes us want to consume that product. Hey, I got, I got tickets to the Pacers game. I want to be excited about thinking that, right? You want to be excited about thinking that. And at this point, that kind of thing just doesn't exist between the team and the fan base. And it needs to be re-engaged, and it needs to be re-engaged right the hell away. Let's go. Want the, the, life is so much more fun around here in the wintertime when the Pacers are, are fun to watch. And it has been a while since they've been fun to watch. I don't know whether it's COVID kind of sucking a lot of the energy out of out of us and out of organizations. I don't know what it is, but it's got to get fixed because it, <clears throat> this just isn't as much fun as it ought to be. Uh, but the Warriors, they win 102-100. So what are you going to do? Uh, Pacers going to Milwaukee tomorrow night, going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see what happens. Um, you know. Hope for the best, fear the worst, all that stuff. Center Grove and Carmel have been voted out of the MIC. Not necessarily a surprise. Both schools were thinking about leaving the MIC, and the MIC decided, you know, we're going to push them before they jump. They cited in a letter a, uh, uh, a lack of alignment in, in, in priorities. And, and what it sounded like is kind of the way the Big Ten describes the relationship between its schools. And, and it's not just athletics. It's about academics. It's about community. It, it's about all these other priorities that need to align in order for the schools to coexist in, in this family of like-minded schools. And the other six mixed schools decided that Carmel, at least according to the letter, decided that Carmel and Center Grove do not fit that mold. So Carmel and Center Grove out of the mix. Let's see if they go to the <clears throat> to the HHC or what they do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think it really matters. I mean, for fans it matters. Maybe for players it matters. But for I don't know for the does it matter what what conference high schools play in here? I guess to an extent it does. Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? on this Tuesday that is going to be lovely in the city of Indianapolis, because they all are. Uh, Miranda Monday, happy birthday. Donald Griffin, the great Bob Kaiser, celebrating a birthday. If they had a contest for the loudest yellers ever, I think Bob Kaiser would win the state championship here and then nationally be a contender for being really loud when he decides to yell. If ever there is a, a need for somebody to yell like yodel from uh, mountaintop to mountaintop, Bob Kaiser is my guy to get that done. Uh, Craig Rutledge, great Craig Rutledge, celebrating a birthday. Karen Swearingen-Smith, happy birthday. Kurt Johnson, Bill Pemberton, and Caleb Gillick, 
celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Do like Will Ferrell in uh, uh, Wedding Crashers. Mom! Meatloaf! Now! Perfect. We'll talk to you later today inside Indiana Sports Now. Thank you very much, Julie, praising the mustache. We finally won her over. That's good news. We'll talk to you later this afternoon. <laughs> She's